Hallelujah. Well, prayer, when you pray, you pray because you expect something. Amen. You know, even if you come up in the prayer line, you're trying to get somebody to agree. And that means you have hope. It means that you haven't given up. Now, when you don't pray about things, it's because either you don't want to let go of something, something's not right on the inside of you. People who don't pray are not convinced. They haven't made a choice to trust God in something. Amen. Because when you go to God, you have a prayer and a petition for something. Amen. And so you always have to go and pray. The Bible says man ought to always pray and not to faint. And when you faint or when you decide that you are not going to pray over a situation, that means that you don't trust God with it. Or you want to keep it and handle it some more and keep it in the carnal realm. Is that making sense? I know it's true. So our prayer life is our evidence of what's going on on the inside of us so if we are reluctant to pray and and petition god it's because we already think the answer is no sometimes you think you're gonna get a no from god amen and so when we think the answer is no then we don't ask god we just say ah you give up on it or you lose hope and you say it's no use it's you think that it's written in stone that you won't get something or something can't happen, you, you give up on it. And that's why we don't pray about certain things. Sometimes we just don't want things to change in that particular area, but then you won't pray in a different area. It don't work like that. You've got to give it all to God. Amen. Give all to God. Hallelujah. And so God, the Bible says God shall supply all of our needs. That's in Philippians 4.19. If you believe Philippians 4.19, and it says, My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Now, how many of you believe that? God will supply all of your needs. Amen. Well, see, if he will supply all of your needs, and then you go and you ask him for something, you've got to believe that he's going to give it to you. Is that making sense to you? Because if, if the Bible has already clearly said and my God shall supply all of my needs, then you know he's going to supply it, right? So ask him for it and expect the answer to be yes. Are y'all here today? Instead of no. But we forget about that. We forget about what God's word has already told us. And we don't, we, we're reluctant to ask God because we think the answer is going to be no. But he's already said he'll supply all of our needs. Are y'all here? And so you see how double-minded that is? It's double-minded. Then when you get into a bigger situation with God, the Bible says a double-minded man won't receive anything. See how we get ourselves caught up in a bad situation because of just not paying things attention. I don't think it's so much as we don't believe. We just don't pay attention sometimes because we're not careful of the word. Amen. And so we're reluctant to pray about certain situations or we don't lay it before God because we says, uh, you know, something tells you on the inside God's not going to do it. Either the Holy Spirit has already told you it's wrong for you, amen, or you don't want to hear the answer. So there's so many reasons why we don't petition God for things. But it's a, it's, 
it shows you where your faith is. The Bible says you can ask God for anything. It says all things with all kinds of prayer go before God and ask him and see what he says and expect him to respond to your request. Amen. Most people don't get it because they don't ask for it. And if they ask, they've already made up their mi- in their minds that they're not going to get it. And so they back off from even sending a prayer up. Amen. So we pray to help increase our faith. Prayer actually increases our faith. Amen. The more you pray, the more your faith is strengthened and the more your relationship with God is strengthened. Because if you don't have anything that you want from him, how do you learn about God? Even if sometimes we think the answer is no. The answer is really not no. It's just not yet. Not yet time because everything is on a schedule. The Bible says there's a season and a time for everything. And so if we sometimes go to God and don't get the right feeling about something, blame it on our side, not on God's side because pretty much it is. Amen. Because we've already made up our minds in some kind of way how it's going to play out. And so we need to trust God. You know, we'd have to understand who our source is. And our source totally and solely is God. Amen. There is no other source because God owns everything. He owns all the real estate because he owns all the land. He owns all the the, the diamonds, pearls, those that are not even yet been discovered. God knows where it is. And it's it's hidden in those hidden places, but it's not hidden from God. God knows where everything is. He owns the land, the cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible says he owns everything. And so if he owns everything and he's our father, then we shouldn't shy back or shy away from asking him for anything. But sometimes when we turn away and we shy away and we don't want to ask God for something, it's because there's something else on the inside going on with us, not with God. Amen? Because there's nothing wrong with him, but usually there's something wrong with us. Either we've already formed an opinion about what we're asking him for, or that voice tells us, well, we did it once, and I asked God once, and he didn't do it, so he's not going to do it again. See, that's coming from us. It's coming from on the inside of us, and yeah, those wrong opinions and those wrong, that wrong thinking causes it not to come to pass. Because if you're not clear on what you really want, you, don't, you go to God not expecting, then there's some issues between you and God that needs to be uh, straightened out, and it's very easy. Just talk to him about it, amen? See, God is easier to reach than you think. He is very close to us, amen, no matter how bad you mess up. God never leaves you. He never forsakes us, and he is the source of all things. The more you know about God, look at it like this, the more you can get from him, because the more you realize he possessed, amen, and you can go to him and you can pray about anything, even if it's an increase on your pay. God doesn't care if you just got a raise. He don't care. I've seen him do it for so many people. He'll give you another one. If you trust him to do it, he'll give you another raise. He doesn't care. He doesn't see his people are so special to him. He'll do these miracles just to show you that he is with you. Amen. All we have to do is repent 
and stay with God. And God will give us the desires of our hearts. See, we're afraid to speak to God about those desires. But those desires were put in there by him. Amen. He gave them to you. If it's clean and good, it came from him. If it ain't clean, repent. (laughs) Don't blame it on God. Repent and know that God will give you, you know, whatever you are bold enough to ask him for. You have to trust that God will give you what you want. He knows what you want because he made you. But yet and still, he's the last person that we trust. You know, sometimes we ask, well, why did so-and-so die with cancer? Why? Because they went to the doctor first and trusted him last. Amen? You let the doctor be the last person on your list because that's mere man. Medicine is made by man. Go to him that holds the healing in the palm of his hand. And go as far as your faith will let you go. And then if you've gone far enough and you just can't can't seem to stretch your faith any further, then go to man. But go to God first. Find out what he wants you to do, where he wants you to do it, how he wants you to do it. Ask him where your healing is, and he'll tell you it's with him. Amen? And so we should go to God first because he is our source. He's the source of all things. He's not under man. He's over man because he created man. Amen? So we pray because we know that God is our source. We pray to help increase our faith. Whenever you pray, whenever you pray your faith will increase. It won't decrease. It will increase. Amen? We pray to strengthen our relationship with God. It's a decision you make. You can make that faith. It's called a faith decision. You decide whether you're going to walk in faith or you decide whether you're going to not believe God and walk in fear. Because the opposite of faith is fear. Hallelujah. So we pray to increase our relationship with God. Did you know when you pray, you increase your relationship, you strengthen your relationship with God? Amen. We don't pray in fear that God won't give us what we pray for. That's not faith. When you pray, go expecting God to come through for you. And when you expect God to come through for you, then that's praying and believing and expecting to see a harvest. You have to be be, uh, sure, and not sure, but be expecting. Just expect God to hear you, hear your petition. Expect him. To come through for you. Just like when you sow a seed, you expect that harvest to come. You know, there's a season for all prayers to come to pass. Did you know that? Amen, sister. (laughs) Amen. But we pray specifically for what we want and need. And this is why we don't like to get specific with God. Sometimes when people come forth and I tell them to be specific with God, they don't want to say what they will just pray for my situation. You know, you got to be specific with God. Cuz if you don't if you're not specific, that means that you've already come with no faith. And just you just want God to do something. You got to tell him what you want. Amen. I bet you when you go to the doctor and this hurt right here and this hurt right here and, you know, you're specific with man. Be specific with God. Tell him what you want. Tell him what's wrong. Tell him what hurts. 
you got to do these things. Amen. Hallelujah. So be specific with God. The more specific you are, the more specific he is when he bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a lot of walking around. Hey, uh, Harvey, go in there and tell everybody come on, who's not working in the kitchen. Amen. And so we, not, we need to be specific with what we want and what we need. Does that make sense to you all? Be specific. If you want a blue car, say blue. Amen. Be specific on what you want. Because God will just sit there and say, now she knows she knows what kind she wants. She just don't want to. She don't want to tell me because she knows it's expensive. She can't afford it. But she wants that. You got to tell him what you want. Because he could give you a plan on how to pay for it. God does it all, all the time. I saw this couple on the 700 Club, and they didn't have anything. They had like five kids, only the husband working and no money. And they needed a van for all of those children, and they, they were very specific. And the wife told the husband, he, she says, we're going to agree in faith together, put our faith together. And we're going to agree for the specific van. I can't remember what it was. And they couldn't afford it. And their clunker was about to die, and they knew it. So they put their faith together, and they were specific. And I I said even to myself, y'all better chill out. (laughs) And they said, we want a red one. And we want a 2010 or whatever, because we don't like the models in the 2011. Did you see that? And uh, and they got all specific with God, and you know, and then and the other this model has an extra belt in the center, and we got all these kids. Well, you know they got it, amen. And it was at an auction. Uh, it was at an auction, and normally the auctioneers or whoever runs this auction place doesn't do what they did, but this particular time. They said this time we're not going to do this, and the person that owned it kept it for some reason. And they wound up with it. Somebody called the husband on the phone and said, we have this van over here. You might not want it because it's red. He said, we've been praying for a red van, <laughs> you know. See, God will touch. He'll do whatever he needs to do to get you what you want. This is how he does. Why does he do this? To let you know that he loves you, he cares, and he cares about what you want. And he will get it to you any kind of way. He can change people's heart. I'm sure that auctioneer, he didn't know why he was doing that. He didn't have to know. You know, and it thank God for people who listen to God. You know, because something told him, don't sell that van. Don't let it get auctioned off today. And that's all he knew. Call this guy, you know. And then after the people called, of course, the devil told him, y'all can't afford that. And they were worried about how they were going to pay for it. But some kind of way, I don't remember the details, but they were able to afford it. And it was like, they, I remember the lady or the husband saying it was like a brand new car. It was only two years old. And they kept saying it was like a brand new car. And it was the, the perfect car that they wanted. And so if you get, you know why God goes out of his way for specifics? Because if you are bold enough to give him some specifics, that's faith. You don't even know it. That's faith. Amen. I want, I want this and I want that, God. Not because, you know, if your heart is clean and he don't mind you having it, he's going to get it to you. He's, God will move heaven and earth. The Bible says he'll move heaven and earth for one of his loved ones to show you, you that he is with you. 
And then some people just rather just worry about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. But I'm telling you, God will move heaven and earth for you just because you were bold enough and trusted him enough to come to him and make a petition about what you need and what you want. Amen. He likes people like that because you know what? That's faith. Explain your situation to him and let him know, Lord, you know, I need this because be specific with God and he'll respond to you in a positive way. Amen. We know when when we go and we make a petition to God, we need to know that our father cares about us. See, if you don't know the love of God, you don't think you won't get what you need, but he he will respond to your needs. Man can't meet man's needs. But God can. Amen. So if you pray believing when you ask, the Bible says when you ask, believe when you ask and you receive it. Now, if you're just asking to see if it's going to work, let me tell you it won't. Because you can't test God in your faith area. The only place in that Bible that says that you can test God is in the area of money. Because it says prove me in this. Amen. In your giving. And you surely have to sow a seed before you get anything. But when you, te- when you get anything for God, you've got to ask, and, he'll re- and he will respond to you and be specific on what you want. And tell him what your situation is, you know, because he's God. He already knows. But he wants to see if you are faithful enough and if you trust him enough. To tell him what's going on and expect him to come through for you. Amen. So when you pray, believe, and you receive it. So let's go to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Hallelujah. In Matthew 21... Verse 21. It says, And they said to him, Caesar, is this the one I want? Yeah, Matthew 21. No, that's not what I wanted. Oh, that's 22. That's why. Okay, 21, verse 21. And it says, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt. So already you're looking around like, what? You can't doubt. But Jesus, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree. Now, Jesus had cursed the fig tree. But also, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed. And be cast into the sea. So, so when, you, when you go to God, you have to not doubt. Let's start reading from the beginning. Flip the page. Well, do what you do to your phones. Let's see. Go back up to verse 17 of Matthew 21. It says, Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, And he lodged there. Verse 18 says, Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. 
and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. So in other words, he cursed the fig tree and immediately the fig tree withered away. So there's a lesson in that. Verse 20 said, and then the disciples saw it. They marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither so soon? And then it says, assuredly, I say to you, and this is Jesus answering, if you have the faith, if you have faith and do not doubt, then you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. In other words, you'll not only just curse a tree. It says, but you'll curse the mountain that's in your way. Now, what's a mountain? Anything standing in your way of getting what God has promised. Not something you're not supposed to have. But anything that's stopping God from providing for you, especially something that he's already told you you can have, then that becomes a mountain in your way, a mountain in your life. And what Jesus is telling the disciples is you can curse that thing. If you have the same kind of faith that I had cursing that tree, if you have the same kind of faith, you can curse any mountain and speak to it and say, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Are y'all here today? And this is what you need to remember and do. Hallelujah. So let me read the latter part of 21 again. It says, assuredly, I say to you that if you have faith, do not doubt. And do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So anything whatsoever, it says whatever things you ask in prayer. So you see, when you ask, you gotta be, you got to pray. You can't live a life without prayer. You got to pray for what you need. Amen. And when you pray, trust God that he will say yes and not no. It says don't doubt in your heart. Well, how can I get that doubt out? Remembering Philippians 4:17. Amen. Hallelujah. We went over that. Hallelujah. And my God shall supply all my needs. He already said he'd supply it. So if he said he would supply it, then why not go to him and ask? See, if you can remember that he's already told you, you can have it. He said all of your needs, everything that you need, God has. Well, how do I know he can give it to me? Because he owns everything. So you got to talk to yourself. you got to convince yourself of everything that God says in this Bible is true. Amen. He owns everything. The Bible says he owns all the land, a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the diamonds, rubies. He knows where all that stuff is. You know why, why man has found as many diamonds as they have? God told him where it was. But you think he's going to tell them, tell them where everything is? They would destroy everything. There's oil, and I sincerely believe that there's enough oil on, on our, in our country to supply us. Amen. But God just hasn't showed many people because they'd rather get it from the Arabs and pay a lot of money for it but if somebody would you know in authority in the white house would pray and ask god for a simple solution on this gas then we would probably be paying a dollar for it 99 cent like we used to back in the day 
Because there's oil here. Amen. This is a blessed nation. Why not? And if it ain't, God can put it there. Amen. So we have to trust God for everything. We don't pray in fear. See, when you pray in fear, then that means that you don't think God's going to give it to you, so you're not totally convinced. And that's how Abraham and Sarah started. They started out not being convinced. But then they, they were convinced because the Bible says he was com- convinced. He was truly convinced. He, Abraham convinced himself. He really did. Because he kept thinking about it, going over it in his head. Amen? And then he said that he started to walk with God and trust him a little bit more. And the Bible says he started to not stagger at the promises. In other words, he just accepted what God said. And he staggered not. He didn't consider. He stopped, stopped considering. When you ask God for something, you can't consider the situation. You can't consider how big the request is. And I think that's what we do. We look at it from man's standpoint. It's just so big. It's just so impossible. God just can't possibly do this for me. And when you stop to consider the request, then you've already said, God, this is too hard for you. Anybody ever thought that God, if something was too hard for God? We do all the time. Amen. And this is why we need to make our requests known unto God. Amen. And expect God to respond to your request. And you go back to God if you don't get an answer. Go back to God and petition him again. Maybe, you know, he wants you to talk to him a little bit more. So you can't just go once to God and ask him for something. He has to know who you are. And then he said, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so. We have a relationship. Let me give her what she needs. Let me give him what he needs. I know him. Ain't seen him in a long time. Haven't heard from him. But I love him, and he loves me. And let's get to working on this answer. Amen. God has answers. Amen. He has answers for everybody. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that you can speak to any mountain. A mountain is any trouble that comes in, in front of you. And it will be removed. But you have to believe it when you speak to it. So let's go to Mark 11. We were in Matthew 21. Let's go to Mark 11. Mark 11, verse 12. And it says, now the next day... And this is after this, the same situation with the fig tree. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. It's the same scenario, same story. It says, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. And he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. Verse 14 says, in response, Jesus said to it, or to the fig tree, let no one eat fruit from you forever again. And the disciples heard it. In other words, he cursed the tree. And in verse 15, it says, so they came to Jerusalem, and then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. 
it says, and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seat of those who sold doves. See, in other words, they started to use church for the wrong purpose, just like they're doing now. Amen. Amen. Nothing but a, a, a money thing. Amen. And it says in 17, and then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it into a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teachings. And when evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, I'm in verse 20, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And this is when the next day, it says, now in the morning, they're passing back by, and they noticed that tree that Jesus cursed. Verse 21, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Amen. So you, when, when you try to use any kind of authority, you got to believe that God is going to come through for you. You got to believe that God is with you. For assuredly, I say to you, uh, whoever says to this mountain, are you here? Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he say will, those things that he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he say. Amen. Now, this is a kingdom principle, and God won't change that. So whatever you believe, if you have faith as a mustard seed, well, I don't have faith. Well, God says he gave you faith. He gave everybody the measure of faith. And if you use that faith to, to bring down or cast down that mountain, and a mountain is anything, sickness, disease, poverty, you know, you can't cast down a person. I feel y'all. That's called witchcraft. And God don't respond to that. Amen. I sure would like to get rid of so-and-so. Uh-uh. You need to go be their friend. Amen. But if you say that this mountain be thou removed, or in other words, if you say, I bind this sickness in Jesus' name. And it says, don't doubt your heart. It says it'll be done for you. So whatever you say, I bind divorce in my future. It will not happen to me. I break its power over my family. I bind sickness and disease over my family. It will not come nigh us. I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. If you do these things and don't doubt in your heart, it says in verse 23, it says, but believe that those things that you say will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Amen. Hallelujah. And in verse 24, it says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Is that easy or hard? Is that easy or hard? Mm-hmm. Are y'all listening? A live, quite a lively bunch in here today. Amen. <laughs> Whoo. So have faith in God. 
So when you speak to the mountain of life, and it, it shall be removed if you believe it. Amen. See, that's why kids can lay hands on people and they get healed because they believe that it's going to be done. Amen. And so you have to, you have, to have childlike faith. Childlike faith. And, and just do what God has told you to do. Lay hands and trust that it's going to work. And if you trust that it's going to work, it'll work. If you don't think it's going to work, you better call somebody with more faith than you. <laughs> call somebody with some faith and put it with yours, amen, until yours gets strengthened. Because the answer is already yes. God wants you to be healed. See, if you think God wants to curse you, number one, he doesn't curse people. And if you think he's going to curse you for bad behavior, you already don't need to do nothing because you've lost already. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't think he's going to answer your request, it's not going to work because your faith, it says here, believe that you receive and you can have it. Mark 11:23. If you believe when you ask, and if you don't believe, tell God, God, I want to believe. My faith is not where it is. Can you help me to believe? And he'll tell you yes and tell you to get in your word, get in your Bible. Stop following after man and follow after God, and your life will be complete. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. And so you have to get your faith in God secure. Hallelujah. When Jesus spoke to that tree, whose power was he speaking in? Anybody home today? (laughs) He was speaking under God's authority. Amen. And see, that's why Jesus knew that his authority would work. He knew it would work because he spoke uh, in God's authority. He spoke in God's power. He knew that that power would work because he wasn't speaking of his own authority. He spoke in his father's authority. Now, who's your daddy? Y'all here today? You have to speak under your father's, not your natural father, because it won't work as good as yours. But you speak under God's authority because he's your child and he's given you the power to bind and loose. He's given you that same authority. Amen. And so if you use his authority the way Jesus used it, amen, then you'll be just as sure that Jesus was when he cursed that fig tree that you could curse sickness and disease and poverty and, and it will work. That power will work because you're using your father's power, amen. He's given it to you and you're using his power, amen. So when you ask, when you pray, it says, when you ask, when you pray, and say that you believe and trust in that, the answer is already there. And it's a kingdom principle. Remind yourself of that so it cannot fail. Amen. So have faith in God. Have faith in God. And anything that gets in your way, you can command it out of your way. Because you are commanding by the authority of God. Amen. Now, some people just pick this up because they're religious and they try it. If you're just trying something, it won't work for you. But if you really believe that it's going to work for you, then it will work for you. Amen. 
why don't we um, take a look at faith? And I'm going to give you the definition. What is faith exactly? It's a conviction. Faith is a conviction. It's confidence and trust and belief. Faith is reliance, just like you trust in your best friends and not God. See, we trust people more than we trust God, and it's not right. We trust in the words of our supervisor more than we trust God, and it's not right. Amen? And did you know the God that you serve is a jealous God? So you have to show him all uh, respect because he's the one that created you. Man didn't create. Nobody you know created you. But we give our loyalty to certain people. And it shouldn't be that way. Amen. Because when they mess up on you, you're going to need God to straighten them out. Just the way it is. And so you have to trust God with everything, including the people that you care about. Amen. So trust is reliance. I mean, faith is reliance and trust and trustworthiness. Faith is also persuasion. So you got to be fully persuaded about some things about God. Faith is the divinely implanted principle of inward confidence. It's an inward confidence. If you don't have this confidence in your mind and in your heart, of course it won't work for you. Of course you'll always be dependent on man. And when man fails you, then you'll have a breakdown and call on God because that's all you'll have left. But if you depend on God and put your faith and your hope in him, then you'll have a good life for you and everybody connected to you. Amen. This is how faith works. Faith spreads. Amen. It flows from one person to another. Amen. You can have faith for certain things, but you have to trust God and all that he's told you. Get in the Bible and find out what the promises are. That God has given to you. Every believer, he's given promises. Amen. And it's in your, your, your faith promise or your faith confession. When you find out that God has promised you these things, then you, you start confessing them. It's called a faith confession. And you start expecting to see these things come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. And so don't ever just let time pass. And not expect God to come through for you. That's just, it's not God. It's not what you're supposed to be doing. You need to check your credentials and see if you're really a Christian. Amen. Because Christians continue to to uh, increase. Your faith increases. It's not supposed to decrease. Amen. And so as your faith increases, you start to trust God more and more. And trust him. This is what Sarah and Abraham did. They didn't trust God in the beginning. But then they started to trust him more and more as their faith progressed. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to trust him. And when you pray and ask him for something, believe that it's going to come to pass. Believe that he loves you enough to answer your prayer. And if prayers don't get answered, then you got to check in with God more and more to see why. You know, sometimes think there's a, a season. Maybe it's not your season to have that. Amen. God doesn't give you every single thing because people ask God for things they don't need. 
Amen. He said he would supply all of your needs. Amen. According to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need to understand faith and trust the principles of faith. Amen. It's an inward confidence that you have in God. It's an insurance, assurance, and a trust, and a reliance. See, those who rely on God, who live by faith, trust him more. If you don't need him for anything, then you don't trust him yet. Amen? But the more you need him, the more you'll trust him, and the more he'll uh, give you whatever it is that you need. But you have to rely on him. Amen? So to believe God, we need to believe God and trust and have confidence that he is not a man that he would lie. you got to believe that the answer is yes before you go to him. If you already said that he ain't going to give it to me, he won't. And it's not God, it's your faith. Are you all here today? So stop approaching God like that, like he's going to turn you down. Are y'all, can you all just make a decision that you'll do that, all of you that don't? When you go to God, go to him like you're going to get a yes answer instead of a no answer. And trust that he, and tell God, God, I know you're going to tell me yeah in the right season. And if this is my season and I'm trusting that you're going to tell me yes. Amen. And see, because it's your expectation that brings your faith, uh, make your faith strong and brings an answer. It's, it's how much you believe God can and will. Now, the devil is always going to tell you you did something wrong. So don't even put him in your equation. He's got a long memory. And he's going to always throw something up in your face because he knows you're going to believe it. So you tell God what you need. And he will make sure that he gives it to you. Or he'll make sure somebody gives it to you. Amen. But, you know, you can either do it that way or you can go around and beg. One of the two. And see, that's dependent on man. But God knows how to tell people what you need. He does. Amen. So when people pray for things, they need to believe that God's going to do it and be specific. The more specific you are with your need, that's telling God, I trust you more. I trust you because you know me and you know exactly what I need. If you want red or blue, be specific. Amen. God knows your heart. He knows if you're being too picky, he'll give you something purple and say, take it. Then you take it, and you're going to be just as glad for it. Amen. Yeah, you know, I said blue, but I'll take this purple one. See, God knows your heart. Amen. He knows your heart. He knows who you are. Then let's go to Luke 18. Hallelujah. Luke 18, verse 1. Hallelujah. God gave us his best. He gave us Jesus. He couldn't do any more. When's the last time you gave a kid? You know what I'm saying? And so he gave his best all the time. He doesn't give you any secondhand junk. Amen. He gives you the best all the time. So in Luke 18, 1. It talks about the parable of the widow. 
And it says, Then he spoke a parable to them, and that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Are y'all listening today? So men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And that lose heart means pray and not faint. In other words, pray and not not pray. Pray and not give up. Pray and not assume that God is not going to come through. Amen. Pray and expect God to give you an answer. Pray and expect God to come through for you because he's a good God. Give those secret things to God. Treat him with reverence like you know he's God because he sees everything that goes on. He knows the things that you don't confess. He knows the things that you're hiding. And he knows those things that you trust him with. So start to trust him with everything. If you start to trust God with everything, he'll trust you with more. You ever think that when you hold back, he'll hold back too? See, there's nobody here today. When you don't trust God with something, he don't entrust you with things. Well, I don't know why he'll never let me be the lead because you don't trust him. He'll trust you. He'll know you. And why, don't, why can't I do that, that? You know, that should be my thing. You know, I have, all, I have more education than that person. Why is he? Because you're not trustworthy. He don't, you don't trust him. Why would he trust you? Amen. That's how it goes. God is gracious to us. And he loves us, and he will not withhold anything from us. And you have to trust that that's true. Amen? Hallelujah. So it says here again, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them and said that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And that lose heart means not believe or give up, not have faith. Verse 2 says, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard him. In other words, he was an unbeliever. He didn't regard God. Verse 3 says, Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. Now this is a certain judge. He was a judge. Are y'all here today? And this widow goes to the judge to get justice. And in four it says, and he would not, and he would not for a while. But afterwards, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man. In other words, I do what I want to do. I'm the judge. Amen. Yet because this widow troubles me, yet because this widow troubles me, are y'all here? Amen. I will avenge her, least by her continual coming to weary me. So in other words, ask and keep on asking. If you ask once to see what God is going to do, evidently your faith ain't there. Amen. You got to keep petitioning God, not, well, God, I thought you, your attitude's got to be better. Amen. God, I know you're a good God. I know you love me. I know that there's nothing you wouldn't withhold from me. Your word, what your word says is true and it's been tried. I know that you're a God that gives good gifts because your word says that you do. 
And so, Lord, if you would please answer my petition, you know, because I need to know that you're going to give this to me. I'm trusting in you. But you know what we do? We get mad because we don't get it. And we shut that door. We shut that door. So we have to keep that door open as much as we can with our faith. Do you know your faith opens doors for you? Your faith opens doors. Amen. The devil's going to tell you you ain't worthy. But if you think you are, you keep petitioning him. Amen. Hallelujah. You keep going to him. And you watch your attitude when you talk to God. Because he's God Almighty. Amen. And you keep saying, God, you told me. See, it's like this. If God told you you could have this, then you ought to petition him for a fight for it. Don't give up until you get it. Fight for it. But see, you know what the devil comes in there and he says, see, you see, that's, I, I can't stand that. He told me that so many years and he's a liar. See, he, he wasn't going to do it no way. And see, that's your conscience talking to you. See, it's real quiet in here. But see, it's because you don't think m- much of you. But you got to know that your sins are forgiven. Amen. Your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. And if there's anything that you forgot to repent, you repent and you say, God, you told me you put this in my heart. And I would like to see it come to pass. Amen. See, but when you don't hold out. Your faith gets weak. You allow God, the devil, to come in and suck what little faith you had, suck it out. Then things don't work for you. And then you know what's next? Mad at God. Then mad at his people. And then you don't resemble yourself no more. That's good because when you look in the mirror, you don't see you. You don't look like Christ no more. And you start looking different. Then you start feeling different. Amen. Then you don't like God's people no more. And then you don't know where to go. Because everywhere you look is God's people except the world. And you know the world don't care nothing about you. And it's just a simple adjustment that we mostly need to make. And that's to approach God right. Go back and approach and repent and approach him in the right way. God, I repent. My attitude was bad. I was angry. And I'm asking you because I'm, I'm waiting. And I know something is wrong and I don't know what it is. Help me to sort this thing out. Amen. And then you get another little miracle. It ain't something you asked for. But he give you something else. He give you a little breakthrough. And if you're smart, you'll know. He's doing that to encourage me because it ain't time for this. But he's still encouraging me and building me in on the inside so that I have enough faith to trust him for this big thing that I want. But see, if you're selfish and angry and listen to the world and get entangled with mess and messy people, then they'll convince you to move back away from the promise. That's how he, the devil, that's how he works. Work through people. And sometimes he just has uh, a complete onslaught or a, a thing against you, especially if you 
a lot of people are watching you. He wants to mess you up and everything you touch. Because, see, if there's a lot of people touching you, he wants to take everybody down. He can do it through you. Got to be smart. It goes so much. See, Abraham and, and Sarah, we were attached to them. Amen. Somebody tell them to be quiet out there. Please, Diane, go tell them real quick for me because I, I can't preach and listen to that too. And so we need to understand our position. Amen. Understand who you are and understand your position in the kingdom of God. And the devil watches. And he watches everybody you talk to. Listens to every conversation. and Tries to find fault. Amen. Or he'll try to hook you up in the wrong way. So it'll bring destruction to your life. That's how he... It's his job. Amen. So you be on yours. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's a way to get what God has promised you. Because if it wasn't possible, you, he wouldn't have promised it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see. Did we read down to verse 8? No, we didn't. Okay, this lady asked for justice. Luke 18, 18. Luke 18, 1, and I'm in 4. And he would not for a while. Oh, yeah, I read that. It says, because this woman kept troubling me. She kept going back and going back, telling him, least, you know, I become weary. Or he said, least she, she worrying me, making me weary. I'm going to give her what she wants just to get her out of my face. Now, that's how man does. But when you ask God for something, the Bible says, let your request be made known unto God. And the only thing that God wants you to do is believe what you're asking him. Believe when you ask, you receive. And when you believe that my God is going to supply my needs. Philippians 4:17 says, my God shall supply all of my needs. So if he's already told me he'll supply and I'm asking him for this, he'll give it to me. See, you got to put these scriptures together in your mind. And see, more people would have faith and stick with God, but they go on out in the world thinking that they can get what they want to get from God. You never get what, out there what you get from God. You just can't get it. Amen? You just can't. And so, you know, you have to stay with God. And if you back off of God, you go grab him again. Amen? And repent and don't let go of him because he still wants to give you the desires of your heart. God's not done with us. Amen. See, we get done with him, but he's never done with us. Hallelujah. Verse 6 says, Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And verse 7, And shall God not avenge, shall God not avenge his own elect? Who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. Are y'all here? Are you hearing that? So, in other words, if this man, if this judge came through for, for this lady because she kept asking, it says, what more would God do for his elect? That's you and me, just in case you don't know. You see what God thinks of you? He's calling you his elect. Amen. And so, it says, what more will he not do for you? Verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. 
Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will really find, will he really find faith on the earth? So that's the question. That's the question that Jesus leaves. He says, when I return, will I find faith in any of you believers? Will I find faith? Amen. Will I find that boldness and that confidence in my people, those people that say they love me, those people that have confessed that I am Lord, those people that know that I died for their sins? When I come back, will I find them standing in faith? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to John 3.15. John 3.15. It says in 15 that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, there's only one way to God and that's through his son. Now, if you're born again, you made that decision, you made that election, and you're born again and you're trusting in him. Amen. So if God so loved the world that he gave his son to you, what's giving you a car or a house or a job? Amen. Saving a loved one, changing a husband or a wife's heart. What's that? It's nothing compared to what he's already given you because he loved you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you, you read that for yourself. Amen. So what's, more, what, what's, a little, what's a thing that you need? That's why you need to go to God in boldness. You see why you need to go to him and tell him what you need? He won't turn you away. He said if, if his, his children ask him for bread, he won't give you a stone. Amen. He says a natural father wouldn't do that. If your kid asks you for a bike, if you don't have the money, you say, well, I can't get it today, but I will get it next week or next month. And, and they will be looking for that next month or whenever you told them. They'll be looking for that. Amen. And so just like you, this is what we need to do. When God tells you you can have something, you need to be looking for it. Why they don't get it. We don't get it because we don't look for it because we don't believe he's going to give it. But why would he lie? See, you got to trust in this word. Amen. You got to trust this word. And it's personal between you and God. You don't have to get somebody else's permission to believe God because they don't believe God. Amen. You won't get nowhere in life like that. Amen. So God so gave his best. Give him your best. Amen. Stop praying for stuff all the time and pray that your, pray, your, your faith may follow God more. That your relationship may get stronger with him. Amen. Hallelujah. And he'll give you good gifts. He's already said that. He's already said that he gives you your best. He says, I'll give you. I own everything. I own all the real estate. You need a house, go to God. 
and pay your bills and get your, you know, get your stuff together. Amen. And he'll come through for you. He really will. God's already given us all things, the Bible says, pertaining to life and godliness. So he's already given you Jesus and everything else that you need. So don't approach him the wrong way. Approach him like you trust him. Amen. Approach him like the answer is going to be yes. And not that the answer is going to be no. Quit approaching God like that. He doesn't like that. Amen. Now let's go to Romans 8. I'm almost done because I know you're ready to get out of here. Romans 8. Let's see. Verse 32. I think it's 32. And it says, he who did not spare his own son. Now this is reiterating what happened in John 3.16 when it says he gave his only begotten son. It says here in Romans 8 verse 32. It says, he who did not spare his own son. But delivered him up for us all. Yep, for you too. It says, how shall he not with him already freely give us all things? Are y'all here today? You need to write it down. And when you start thinking God is not going to give you nothing, you need to read that. Well, if he gave his son, amen, then what is this that I'm asking him for? It's It's a mere fraction of what he's already given me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 33 says similarly what it said in, in the last scripture. It says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? In other words, he's saying again, if I gave you my son, what else would, would I not do for you? I will not cause or not allow anybody to come against you. Amen. Because I've already paid that ransom. I've already given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, why wouldn't I give you what you're asking for? Amen. Why would I not defend my elect? Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 34, who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore is also risen? Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? So in other words, God God is not your enemy. Because the son that he gave up, that that rose again, he gave back. He's sitting on the right hand of the father praying. That's what making intercession, praying for you. Amen. So why would he not be for you? So why when you pray, you wouldn't be specific and trust him with what you want? Because he's already given you his best. So why wouldn't he give you something so much smaller, so much more unimportant? Hallelujah. Praise God. He's also giving you an intercessor. Christ is an intercessor. Praying for you. Praying that you don't give up. That you come to his father right. That you speak with boldness when you bind something. When you speak to that mountain. 
and believe that that mountain be, be removed and cast into the sea. The mountain is anything that's in your way that's not of God. Any, anything that the devil devises. God is, Jesus is praying that you will have the strength and the obedience and the tenacity and the boldness and the strength to come after that thing and cast it down. Amen. And make it move out of your way until you get what you need. Amen. He wants you to get what you need. He is not withholding anything from us. We don't trust him with what we need. We just don't. Because we don't believe nothing is true. Because we don't know God. If you knew God in his magnificence. Amen. In his purity. And in his bigness. He's so great and wonderful. If you worshipped him, you'd see how magnificent he was. And we would trust him with everything. It may not be easy at first. But we'll start to trust God with everything that we own. Amen. Hallelujah. And everything that you need and everything that you want, because you already got his word and you got his son. Hallelujah. And that's all you need. When he was so, he wanted to give Abraham and Sarah a child, which was Isaac. He wanted them to have a kid so bad. He swore to Abraham and he swore against himself because there was nothing more pure Nothing higher. So he took an oath against himself that he would give them a kid. And you know why he did this? To persuade Abraham to trust him. That's all he wanted. Trust me with this. And if you just trust me with this and lean not to your own understanding, amen, because when they first heard that God said you was going to have a baby, Sarah laughed. She was 80 or 90. She laughed because it was funny. But the more she got to know God, the more she started to walk with him, the more she started to trust him, she started looking for that baby. Amen. And she wanted that baby so bad, she says, God, if you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. And she did. And Abraham did. They gave him back to him. And do you know Jesus came from that same lineage as as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's where, and we came from there. Because we were adopted in, in case you don't know. Those are your ancestors. And that covenant that God made with Abraham and Sarah, that's your covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. And the only people that partake of that covenant is the ones that trust that it's real. And the only way you're going to trust that it's real is know God, know him, know his son. You've got to believe this stuff. And, and the Bible says that Abraham was fully persuaded, just like you can be if you let yourself. Amen. He says he was fully persuaded and he stopped staggering or stopped and looking around for the promise and doubting it. The Bible says that it was accounted to his righteousness that he trusted God and he staggered not at the promises through unbelief. In other words, he, his unbelief was taken care of because he trusted God as he walked with him. He started to trust him more and more. He trusted, he trusted, he trusted. And before he knew it, 
There was nothing standing in the way of, of God and the promise. I mean, uh, Abraham and the promise. There was nothing, no doubt, no unbelief. There st- when he started out, there was plenty of it. So see, the devil will come, you don't believe, you don't. See, he'll say anything to keep you from serving God and, and keep you from serving and trusting. You don't believe that it's not going to come because you did this and you did that. Accusation. Amen. Comes from Satan. And sometimes it comes from us, from our consciousness, because we don't repent. And once you repent, you get that off of you, whether you were right or wrong, doesn't matter. Amen. You get that off of you and you put it back on Satan. Because he ain't no good. Yeah, devil, I did that. The Bible says agree with your adversary. Yeah, I did that. That's If you're smart, you get the hang of it and you quit trying to defend yourself and say, yeah, that's why we don't argue back and forth with people because they usually will destroy themselves with their own words. Yeah, I did that too. So what? I'm forgiven. Amen. I am forgiven. It's all in what you know and who you trust. I did all of that, but you know what? I'm going to do better now. And then he started telling you're going to mess up again. Tell him, yeah, I might. <laughs> and if I do, God is still there for me. Because I can trust his love. Amen. And he loves me with an everlasting. He didn't say until he couldn't take no more. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. Amen. And he said, it's not too late for me. Hallelujah. And so you just tell the devil right back, put it right back on him. But see, usually we let those words cut us so deeply that we don't fight back. Amen. Verse 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Amen. Shall tribulation? No. Shall distress? No. Or persecution? No. Or famine? No. Or nakedness or peril? No. Or the sword? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing that you do, nobody you know, can separate you from God's love. And so don't let anybody cause you not to serve a God that's for everlasting, a God that will love you to the end. See, nobody else can make that declaration to you. They just can't. They can make it, but you know for yourself that sometimes they don't mean it or they mean it when they say it but god will not he he's higher than man always treat god higher than man always amen verse 37 let's jump down there it says yet in all these things you know all what things tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness peril the sword if the sword comes to your house In all these things, yet we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen. See, love causes us to to prevail. Love causes you to prevail. What kind of love? The love of God. The love of God causes you to prevail. Amen. Verse 38, and that's why it says, for I am persuaded. And this is what Abraham said. He could finally say he was persuaded that God was going to do whatever he said, whatever he promised he was going to do. 
for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers not things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. Amen. God is a good God all the time. Amen. We're more than conquerors through him who loves us. So we need to approach God with confidence. Amen. Knowing that he loves us. As he's already said, yes. He said he would supply all of our needs, so approach him knowing that. Approach him acting like he will supply. Don't approach him in fear. It says, for anyone that say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe what you say. You can have whatsoever you say. You have to believe it. And if you don't believe it, tell God, because he already knows. And he'll work with you. And you keep going to him like that lady, keep getting in his face, saying, you know what, I want to believe it. I want this thing. I want it. you got to make this your first priority. You can't keep just going around, well, you know, when God, when he's able, when he's going to do it, when I get good, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> For some of us. <laughs> so God changed me. You know, your heart changes the more you know about him. Amen. Approach him in faith, knowing that his will is his will that you're interested in. So pick up God's will. See, this is why we don't go to him, because we don't want what he wants for our life. It's not his, but mine. It's supposed to be not mine, but thine. Amen. See, we got it backwards. And because we have it backwards, we lose out. You know, or it's supposed to come at a specific time. It comes when God believe you believe it. Amen. When he's convinced that you trust him. And see, when you get unmad, because that don't work. You know, we done been all down those streets. Amen. Go to him and repent. God, you've done nothing but been good to me. I'm still breathing. I'm healthy. Got a job. You know, whatever it is. He ain't bad to nobody. You just you just don't get close enough to find out what you're doing wrong so that you can get it right. Amen? But everything in, in the book of Proverbs, it says, for everything there's a season. And your season will surely come. You get your heart right. Ephesians 5.17. And that's the last thing I'll give you. Ephesians 5.17. Well, let's go to 15. And it's talk about, it talks about how you need to walk before God. Walk before God. As a wise person and not as a fool. Walk in wisdom. It says in 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. 
redeeming the time because the days are evil. In other words, quit wasting time because we are fastly approaching the end of the age. Amen. Opportunities are not like they used to be or whatever. The, the world is coming to a close. Amen. It says in verse 17, therefore do not be unwise, but understand that the, what the will of the Lord is. Amen. I'm going to read that again. Therefore do not be wise, but understand what is the will of the Lord. When you don't know what the will of God is for your life, you, you don't know you all over the place. Once you know what his will is. Amen. And once you, you keep reading Jeremiah 29 and, and Ver, Jeremiah chapter 11 until you understand it. And you understand that his thoughts about you are good, not evil. To bring you a future and a hope. To bring that expected in. He's already told you you're going to get your expected in and you sitting up mad at him. because we crazy a future and a hope a reason to live a reason to expect a reason to have it's, it's like this a future and a hope a reason to look forward to something a reason to expect something something better than what you've been getting amen hallelujah Whatever you expect God to give you. He says, I want to give that to you. You're expected in. Amen. But you've got to trust somebody. Why not God? Hallelujah. So that's why the scripture says, don't be unwise. Amen. Start to trust Lord, the Lord and expect him to come through for you. Amen. And lean not to your own understanding. We don't have to understand everything when it comes to God. But we trust people. Well, you said you was going to do that. You was going to come over here and and you was going to give me $20. Well, I ain't. <laughs> and then you get mad for a little while. Then you right back being their friend again. It says in 17... Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. If you don't know, go to him and develop a relationship. Talk to him when you're in your car. You have some of your best conversations because ain't nobody else around to bug you. Amen. Get on a knee, a knee or two. And figure out what, what he's trying to tell you. Because he's speaking all the time. You know, the Bible says that, that God is speaking to us in, in all kind of ways. Visions, dreams, on, on billboards. But we miss it because our minds are somewhere else. Distractions. And the, and the devil likes to keep us distracted because he wants to keep you from your promise. That's what he does. And if he knows it's going to work, he's going to do you like that every time you try to crawl out of the, the bowl. Yes, yes. You fall back down like a crab because he keeps you fooled. You got to keep him out of your life. Amen. And that's by looking directly at God. Amen. 
Take your instructions from God. Get in that Bible. Don't go asking other people. See, you done messed up already. Because they don't know God as well as you do. They just know how to use that, that uh, what is it, that, that word, you know, that they know how to talk to talk. But, you know, people, you, you look up to people on how they walk that walk, not how they talk to talk. Amen. But they got to have something behind that much speaking. And if you don't see it, keep moving until you find it. Because there's plenty of people out here living for God, living the right way, setting in the right example. But now the devil don't want you to talk to them kind of people. Because you're going to get some truth. So it'll be best for your life. Amen. Verse 18 says, and do not be drunk with wine. (laughs) In which is dissipation. It says, but be filled with the spirit continually to be filled speaking to one another in psalms and hymns not cussing at each other out amen real christians just don't live like that singing and making melody in your heart to the lord amen verse 20 says giving thanks always for all things to god and the father in the name of jesus our lord and submitting to one another in the fear of god fight for relationships that the devil don't want you to have because, honey, he after it whether you know it or not. Amen. You got to fight for what's Whatever's good, whatever's from God, you got to fight for it. Amen. But you got to pick up the will of God. And once you, you do that, you and God are cool. And everything works together for your good. Even the bad in your life. It'll work. God will work that out to benefit you. Amen. All right. Well, why don't we stop? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. We bless you and we exalt you, Father, and we lift you up in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We bless you. We thank you for Lauren and for Philip, Lord God. Heal him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. And find Jalen. We loose the hounds of heaven over Jalen. Amen. But they will find him, sniff and dog him out, and send him home in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And we praise you, and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God.